0: Ew.
1: and still here with chaz Kellner. hello and monica specka hey hey you didn't wave <laughs> this time good job i did
2: i didn't i had my finger on the unmute button this time <laughs> <laughs> it's ready to go
0: we finally figured it out in the last episode
1: yeah it took me a while but we got there <laughs> right right i love doing uh visual things for an audio medium it's 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 my favorite thing to do
0: yes So,
1: so when we left off, we were in the middle of a fight with some Fairfolk pirates for our Essence actual play. And Mm -hmm. today is going to be the wrap up of that actual play and probably a little bit of our thoughts on how it went afterward or how the system works. Um, Monica, do you want to set the stage as to where we were?
2: Uh, Let's see if I remember where we were. So, we we, we were on the Dreaming Sea. (laughs) We were on the Dreaming Sea, right. We're on a boat, a weird magic boat full of Fairfolk crashed into yours. Uh, And I'm using boat here, but I actually mean ship.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and they were all very, very frilly pirates.
2: Yes, they're all all very melodramatic, frilly pirates. A bunch of fair folk clearly playing at the role of pirates. They have a captain whose name was uh, Reaver of the Something Tide. Uh, There was an adjective in there but I had just been calling her Reaver and that's what she is on my notes. Did I write down the full title to remind myself nah. between a f- a sessions? No, of course not. Uh, and then <laughs> and then three uh, Fair Folk Warriors, one a big guy with an axe, one uh, a tall, lean woman with a spear, and then one uh, a guy with a sword and a hook for a hand, clearly playing at being Captain Hook. The Captain Reaver was dueling with uh, Azure Crane. Yes. Uh, As Azure Crane also called her out to to duel, and then she was just like, my goons, take care of the rest of them. So the goons are fighting the other two members of the circle. In the interest of time, and also to make things a little bit interesting, I'm going to to set the timer to four remaining rounds in this fight. And when four remaining rounds are up, something interesting is going to happen uh, that will certainly change the state of affairs. Rocks fall, you all die. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that it's the dreaming
1: sea i don't yeah i don't i
2: don't i don't know that it will be that drastic but something will happen and also again we want we want to acknowledge this we want to talk about the numbers yeah yeah. sure so i realized that i had overtuned the enemies just a little bit uh i did kind of come up with numbers off the fly because i didn't want to stop and open up a pdf and stuff while we were playing so they they are a little they were a little overtuned last time i'm adjusting the numbers slightly Um, So that we have a little less misses because that's kind of boring, but everybody did seem to be having a good time throwing down on the, on, on on deck. So just also for all the storytellers at home, if you screw it up, it's okay. You can in fact actually just change the numbers. You know, but also if your players are having a good time, you don't necessarily have to.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 always easy to like if their hardness is too high or whatever, you could be like, oh, you knocked off pieces of our armor. Sure, their <laughs> hardness. Went, you know, like like it's you can narratively incorporate that if you feel the need to like bump the numbers down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, you can also just say, by the way, guys, I screwed that number up. It's actually should be two. Of three. Yeah. I mean, like,
1: yeah.
2: the narrative justification is fun. And if you if that makes you feel better about it, by that all totally. means, do so. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm with Eddie. I'm very pro just being like, hey, I did the math wrong. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I mean, we did establish in episode one that you couldn't do math. So I, can. I can't. I can't subtract. True. I can only I can only go up. I can't go backwards. <laughs> you can do, like, dice
1: statistics.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I, I know how to do statistics. Uh, I do know how to do statistical analysis, uh, but not addition or subtraction. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> this is great. Uh, yep, Monica's our mechanics lead on multiple games.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I understand dice statistics and math and probability and how game feel works. Just I just can't subtract. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I love it. Chaz?
3: I, I was going to say, so in summary, change it if you want to. Want to? Yes, yeah. <laughs> correct. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. And if I recall correctly, we ended with Vashti uh, being the last significant activation. Actually, there aren't any extras in this scene. I was getting that like, confused with the previous scene. Um, but yes, Vashti ended the fight, which means she gets to choose who goes first, including herself. I think Vashi's going to go first. Okay, Vashti, go first.
1: Yeah. Um, who was left to attack? There was Hick Hand cardor guy hook and... hand
2: man cardor yes
1: yeah. uh
2: there was uh axe man <laughs> yes axe man sword man hook man cardor hand uh and then if you want to move past them on the like um i forgot the parts of a ship the my brain was like anatomy of a ship nope uh the back half of it the the port. Aft? yeah yeah, the back half of the ship uh, is where the person the with the spear, the trunk of the ship. Yes, thank you, Daddy. <laughs> the aft castle? The standing on the trunk of the ship, now I'm calling it a trunk now, <laughs> is the is the, uh, fair folk with the spear, which she keeps throwing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then retract it. Uh, so that is a range band between you and her, so if you want to move, you can go attack her up close. Um, no, I think
1: I'm going to keep attacking the Axe Guy. All I right. Think, I, th- I think I was already attacking the Axe Guy. Yes, Cool. Um, so this is going to be a build power action Because I think I spent all my power last time Okay So I will attack him with claws Because I'm still in hybrid body yep um do, 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 looking at my powers i had my email open because that's helpful when you're playing a game <laughs> uh i had fist of iron on yeah okay so i'm going to hit him real hard okay hopefully close combat and force
2: yeah hit, hit him real hard what is it what does this look like now that you are striking out at him with your claws
1: um so i am still in that like creepy ass transformation that i mentioned last time similar to the anglerfish lady in the lunar's core yeah i have too many teeth and too many long claws but past that i still look like a normal girl Mm -hmm. uh so it's extra creepy and i am just jumping at him and 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 slashing because at this point i'm like i want these people off this boat heck yeah Also, they might they might hurt my best friend, Rippling Water, and I don't want that to happen.
2: Yeah. Oh, she hasn't come up from the below deck yet, which is probably a good thing, but maybe that has something to do with what's, what's going to happen in four turns.
1: Maybe. Oh no. <laughs> Who <knows>? oh
2: no. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that definitely counts as a stunt. Go ahead and roll it. Um, defense down to three.
1: Because you can change things. Because you, you can change to. things if you want to. Well, I got three successes. So All
2: right. Well, that hits exactly. I rolled
1: a lot of ones.
2: <laughs> Fortunately, they don't take away.
1: I know. I also rolled... Two sevens and a nine. <laughs>
2: All right. Since you had exactly, you either generate one power or your overwhelming amount.
1: What's the overwhelming amount?
2: Uh, are, are you? Do you currently have a artifact because of your claws?
1: Yeah, I, artifact and aggravated.
2: Okay. Uh, so I think that's two.
1: I will generate that much power. So yeah, I just I just hit him once real good. <laughs> Let him know I'm here. Let me just make sure that I'm not stiffing you on a point of overwhelming. Oh, no, three. Excellent. That's, yeah. that's far better than a one. <laughs> uh, okay, so I will do that, and I will pass on to Asia Crane and their duel. Alright.
3: Um, I have a question. Yes. How, do, how does a disarm gambit work?
2: Let me tell you by opening the rules. Hang on. You can do a lot of this from memory, but not all of it. Alright, so disarm All gambits cost power. They're basically decisive attacks that don't do damage. Disarm costs a number of power uh, equal to the target's defense, and Reaver has a pretty high defense, so it's going to cost five. You make an attack, you wager it just like you would with a normal decisive attack. If you hit, you get the result of the gambit, um, which in this case, it removes their weapon and leaves them open. As a, as a result, they drop the weapon and you give a power, a, a single ally, one power for each success.
3: Okay. I would like to try to do that. All right. How does this look? So Azur Crane and um, Reaver of Tides, or Tide Reaver, as we'll call her. Sure. <laughs> uh, have been dueling back and forth a clash of swords um, in, in kind of classical saber-fencing overwrought form. mm mm-hmm. um, and uh, Azur Crane gets a, a kind of cocky smile on their face, and with a flourish, uh, tries to like wrap, uh, essentially wrap the blade around and flick Tired Reaver's sword uh, overboard. Ooh, okay,
2: nice. extremely cool. Take a t- take a stunt. Okay. I almost <laughs> rated it. <laughs> I haven't I haven't done that in forever, <laughs> and it just sort of bubbled out of my memory. I was just like, yeah, okay, take a two dice stunt.
3: <laughs> it is in fact it two, is dice two dice because we're playing essence, essence.
1: <laughs> i always love it when other game systems just like bubble up in your head oh and you're yeah, like yeah. oh that means this right and you're like no i'm playing D what are you talking about <laughs> like i i have that happen constantly when i'm playing other games with people because it's like i have all the story path games all the iterations in my head i have all the chronicles games in my head i have all the little darkness games in my head I have exalted in my head. Like, it's all like there, just percolating. Uh,
3: well, that is only three successes.
1: Okay. Then that
2: misses. However, you don't blow your power, you just uh, lose one. Got it. Uh, Reaver blocks with her sword and says, I see your tricks, Solar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have the initiative. Who are you handing
3: it off to?
1: I really want them to kiss at the end of this door.
3: <laughs> uh- I-, I will hand it off to uh, Tide Reaver.
2: Okay, all right. Uh, keeping with this homoerotic sword duel, uh, I think Reaver is going to use her forepower to attempt to enact the knockback gambit on you to push you up against the railing in a precarious position and Ooh. hold her blade at your throat in a very sexually charged way. <laughs> I, I was, I was <laughs> expecting you to say
0: a kiss gambit.
2: Uh,
1: uh, you know... <laughs> I imagine that happening, and then Adrian Crane's romance novel just falling out of their pocket. (laughs) And, like, like, the, like, cover is the same kind of, like, pose.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That that would be very dramatically appropriate for a Fair Folk. It's true.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, Azur Crane is going to defend by uh, as Tag Reaver comes at them, um, Mm -hmm. kind of stepping out of the way and redirecting the attack, just, like, let let Tide Reaver go in the direction that she's going um, okay. and like sidestepping and assisting.
2: Okay, cool. Uh, do you want to bank those stunt dice or increase your defense by I'll one? I'll
3: increase my defense.
2: Okay. Uh, which is currently what? Six. Oh. This might hit you though. Ooh. Oh, oh, that's a bunch. Usually, I have really good ST luck, and the fact that I haven't recently was sort of anomalous. <laughs> <laughs> but it's
0: back now. But
2: it's back now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fortunately, this is just the knockback gambit, and yep. you are. This is not going to hurt you, but you do stumble back, uh, and then find yourself with your back pressed to the gunnel. This does, however, increase your def- Decrease your defense by two. Okay. Only until the end of the round, though. So. Okay. Uh. And since you're not as in, in as much trouble as you might be, given that she told her goons to not attack you, uh, but it she helps. does she does follow through after pushing you back against the railing, and as I described, uh, gets right all up in your face with her blade pressed to your throat, leering. Uh, excitedly down at you <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my
2: uh, <laughs> she gestures to her goons and are like go ahead finish this quickly Axman is like yeah with pleasure captain <laughs> and hauls back taking what is a, an exaggeratedly big step uh for normal people this probably would throw him off balance but he's a fair folk and so this is only dramatic and that makes it stronger right uh, swinging down a big chopping attack at fashti no. But you were, you were attacking him, so he's going to punch you back. No, I know. <laughs> you want to uh, describe how Vashi defends against this, and do you have
1: any Step 2 charms you'd like to use? Um, do, 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 I do not have any Step 2 charms. Okay. Uh, but she is still in that kind of, like, uh, dancey mode that mm-hmm. she's been in this whole time. Yeah. Uh, because of flow like blood. Mm-hmm. So as um, as as he comes down, she at least attempts to sidestep it in a kind of you know twirling fluid motion uh, that is unlike her typical kind of earthiness down to earth you know movements.
2: Yeah, I like it. Do you want to increase your defense by one or bank this someplace? Um, I will increase my defense by one. Okay. Oh yeah, the good St. Lux back. <laughs>
0: It's not what we want to hear. I, you know, <laughs> do not want.
2: Sorry, not sorry. It's not exciting if people don't get hit, right? Yeah, One, true. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight,
1: nine. Uh, Damn it! I had six. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so that uh, this is Axe Guy who only has two power. Uh, so that he's going to take that and bump up his power. Okay. Uh, so withering attack against you, uh, and this time for once he doesn't cut a hole in the deck.
0: Oh, good. He's learned.
2: Yeah. uh, The axe grazes across your fur uh, close enough to kind of knock you a little bit off balance, but fortunately he wasn't swinging to wound yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it is still his initiative, uh, he passes it to uh, Manhook Hand Cardor, uh, (laughs) who had previously disarmed Steel who then was like sucker yoink, <laughs> 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 and recalled his bow. Your hardness is three, right? I'm pretty sure everybody's is.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. Unless it's a, um, you don't have
2: artifact armor, right?
0: Well, I mean, I, I have I have a charm that if it becomes a uh, a powerful attack, I can always spend a moat and reset. Right.
2: Yes. Yeah. So he is going to make a withering attack against you as well, as he has three power, and you seem to be capable of making yourself more difficult to harm. Uh, so he faints at you first with his hook hand uh, and then strikes at you with his blade in an attempt to also continue to knock you off balance. Okay. Um, this is just one attack. I'm just describing it in a cool way.
0: Okay. But, but kind of like, like before, on um, the different blades are going to kind of slide over and, and move around on his body to try to anticipate where the attack will hit.
2: Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, do you want to increase your defense or stuff? Hell yes, six? I do. Okay.
0: Six. Yeah, oh, right. no, my defense is my defense is five. My hardness is
2: five. Okay. Is that with the increase? So it went from yep. four to five. Okay. Uh, so that's eight, okay. which is more than six. It is more than six. He gains power.
0: Okay. Building power. Uh,
2: and then we'll hand it back to you.
0: Um. So that still leaves one of the.
2: Yep. Enemies. Spear. Spear lady.
0: Boo. So yeah. she'll, she'll be able to go top of their own. Okay. Yep. And that's fine tactics. Um, so <laughs> we didn't discuss this previously, but I did invest uh, four dots in command. Okay. And we talked about them being kind of similar artifact-y uh, uh, characters. Sure. Um, I had envisioned the idea that um, basically there are compartments that just empty out of my character and like tacks on the ground, which then unfold into kind sure. of small minions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Can I spend my action doing that
2: to deploy uh, them sure to deploy them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um normally they're considered to just be present with you mm-hmm. um so you don't need to it can be reflexive to like some to summon them out of you right uh if you then want to command them to do something that's your action
0: okay then yeah then, yeah. then um then will say is that um as uh uh, Steel Arrow had throughout the fight been dancing around, kind of avoiding people. Uh, they've actually been dropping small bits of metal like th- all over the deck. And then there's this action like, rise up. Um, <laughs> and then they all just unfold. And then suddenly they're surrounding the three uh, characters that were fighting.
2: Very cool.
1: Because you really had to get some more Transformers references in here, huh?
0: Well, <laughs> you know what? It worked.
1: Eddie's been dropping small cars all over the deck of the boat.
0: Yes. They're small, small, wheels.
1: Little, little, little like micro machine type thing, right, thing. Exactly. Rise up. That's not. No, yeah. Uh,
2: so you dots of command take their action as a separate character during normal combat scenes. Will do as she says. If you are commanding them to do something especially dangerous, resisted by an enemy or against the nature of her soldiers, you have to roll war. And this is against an enemy, uh, mm. so you you make a war roll as their attack roll. That's what I figured. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and uh, what kind of weapons do you think these guys are armed with? Um, like ones. I, I, I gave them mediums, kind of heavy generic ones. Generic
0: elite dr- uh, elites, uh, drill, elite troop mm. stats. So um, glaives is what I gave them.
2: Yeah. Do you think glaives are a, a medium weapon yeah. or a heavy weapon? Uh,
0: probably more medium. Okay. So they, have, have, they, they have to unfold. Have, you know? Right.
2: Yeah. They, they have one accuracy then.
0: Okay. Um, in that case, uh, seven successes.
2: <laughs> I see Chaz realized something.
3: Oh, no. <laughs> I, I forgot my accuracy in my. Uh, oh, math. no.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, all right so which are which character are they attacking
0: um they are attacking the character the spear. all right Trying to harass them before they
2: attack okay uh defense three um so that is uh four more successes four more successes uh so they they gain four power uh which i'll track I separately i guess yeah you, you can track separately um and i believe there's a battle group quality that allows them to give it to you Uh yes Um, yeah do do you want them to have that quality more of us yeah we'll say yes yeah yeah well more of us is is automatic all battle groups get more of us
0: (laughs) okay so yeah we'll just say they give it to me so
2: sure if that makes life easier
0: (laughs) for especially at this stage of things
2: yeah so okay cool so you gain four power thanks guys
0: woo (laughs) um and I'll I'll net, net choose the last person to go, which I have no choice.
2: Yep. Oh no, more of us they if they don't have a commander, if they do. They have you. They add three dice to their attacks and you need one power at the end of the round. It is formation attack, I think, that lets them give you power to you.
0: Oh I had that one too, yep. so. Cool. There we go. Worked out. all
2: right there you go. Alright, so that leaves uh Spear Lady, who is now surrounded uh by the battle group. Um, which she now has to deal with. Uh they are making life difficult for her to continue throwing spears at the rest of you. Uh, so when we, you have two NPCs result fighting against each other such as this situation mm-hmm. they just they don't roll they just uh, compare numbers yes they just compare numbers uh, she has a uh, a base close close attack pool of eleven mm-hmm. uh, divided by two round up becomes uh six uh, and what's their defense
0: um their defense
2: is five okay so she hits them by one uh have five health levels yeah. She, they, they they, take a chip damage from her hitting them. Ouchie. <laughs> All right. Since she ends the round, she gets to decide who goes first at the start of the next round. Also, this round ends. The timer ticks down. Everybody gets a moat back. Yay, moat. A spent moat. If it's committed, it remains committed. Uh, and then she is, of course, going to nominate her captain to go.
1: Of know. course she
2: is. <laughs> the, the captain glances out at the water as if noticing something nobody else can see and then looks back at Azure Crane with a little bit of uncommon desperation for a Fair Folk. Uh, they're usually pretty cocky, melodramatic individuals. They don't usually do fear. So the fact that she's a little unsettled by whatever she's noticed that you you don't notice uh, is troublesome. And she leans into Azure Crane and whispers you should you should call all of this off and escape with me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go away with me. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh,
2: so she is going to attempt to persuade you to uh, to uh, you know abandon your quest and flee to a life of sexy piracy with <laughs> with her and her fairfoot crew. Uh, certainly nothing. Campaign. Certainly nothing more exciting than getting a, a solar to come have fun with you.
3: Um, I feel that that is supported by my major virtue and, <laughs> and, and rejected by my minor virtue.
2: Okay. All right. So here's, here's how this goes. Uh, what's your base resolve? Uh,
3: my base resolve is two.
2: Okay. Uh, so no points of integrity. Your base is two. It goes up by one. If you have a dot of integrity and it goes up by one more, if your integrity is three or higher.
3: Oh, okay. So then I have a, an integrity of three or a resolve of three. Does that okay. in- integrity, right? Too? So you
2: you start with three, uh, and then your major virtue would make that jump up to six, or, okay. or rather down. Sorry, it's it's supported by your major virtue. Said so that would make it drop down to one, uh, and then jump back up to three because of your minor virtue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So conflicting. <laughs> so we're right back around to just difficulty three. Okay. Which she succeeds on uh, with two extra successes. Uh, So you, at this point, you may accept the persuasion to go on ahead. Uh, You can refuse and present her with a hard bargain. Yes, I will come with you, but whatever. Or yes, I will do this, but I want you to do something else or something like that. Uh, Or you can outright refuse. And if you outright refuse, she gets her extra successes and bonus dice to her next action against you.
3: Ooh, okay. Nice. Um, ooh.
2: I enjoy Eddie's appreciation for discovering how social refusal works. Yeah, no, that's very cool. <laughs> um,
3: I would sail with you for a time if you guarantee safe passage uh, to my companions.
2: Ooh, so you're gonna give her the hard bargain of you will go with her, but they have to, uh, <laughs> they have to help you. Yeah.
1: No, it's your crane.
2: <laughs> you see her consider for a minute and ask just across the dreaming sea. Indeed.
1: We weren't best friends yet.
2: Uh, <laughs> she, she lowers her sword and says, uh, I, I accept this as a deal. You're an eclipse, right? I am. Are you at active anima?
3: I, I am at active anima. Do you, yes.
2: you want to uh, spend a couple anima to seal this agreement
3: um, and use,
2: use your lesser oath?
3: Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, don't I have to be at? It says I have to be at iconic. There's for that. two. Oh, there's two. Yeah, looking at the wrong one.
2: You may. It may also not be. You may also not have the updated one either. Were you looking at the updated one? Uh, so the lesser. Um. Yeah, it's actually your passive. Um, oh. Okay. Yeah. So oh, you, for two uh,
3: anima. Yep. There it yep,
2: is. Yep. It is the lesser. Cool. It's it's a lesser oath. It only lasts until uh, the end of the session, which is perfectly fine because that's how much more game we have. Yep. Uh. And the uh, the iconic one seals the oath forever.
3: Got it. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. The the lesser oath is just like, I get you to agree to do something with for me until the end of the game. Uh, The um, the the iconic ones more or less permanent. So, wow, (laughs) they got a they got a big one and a little one, an uppercase and a lowercase
3: oath. (laughs) Got
2: it. All right, And I, 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 you, you have to have two anima to do it which is also why I was asking if you were inactive <laughs> yes I have
3: plenty of anima All right. um,
2: so what is what does this look like tell me how you resolve this by agreeing to <laughs> to travel with this fair folk
3: so I, uh, I I say very well then I will sail you, with you for a time uh, and you will protect my companions across the dreaming sea or, uh, protect my companions to sail across the dreaming sea and I, I spend two anima, and we get like a flicker of of my iconic anima, which is a, a leaping crane um, hmm. with its wings outstretched, um, as my my burning anima flares slightly, and uh, the the oath is sealed.
2: Okay, uh, thus bound to uh, honor your agreement, and also fair folk are real big on on compacts and agreements, and so are unlikely to try to back out on this unless it's like in a tricky way but if this were a full campaign maybe that would come up but it's not so (laughs) they're going to honor this (laughs) agreement Uh, she gestures to the rest of her crew again in that sort of like I'm the captain dismissive way Uh, stand down the solar and I have come to an agreement we shall assure them safe passage from the thing that lurks beneath (laughs) and you see the rest of them kind of like go oh the thing that lurks beneath (laughs) Uh, and, and then pull back to the, the crew p- disengages from the rest of you and pulls back to their, their weird missed ship. Uh, and Reaver of the Tides rests her blade on her shoulder and says, uh, make sure that your mortal crew follows us directly and does not stray from our wake.
3: I, I turn to the, the captain who you said was like hanging back from Yeah, he's, he's whole, been, he's been like, thing.
2: uh, hmm. I hope that the guy with the axe doesn't cut a hole in my deck, but he's also not fighting as he is a regular guy. Right. <laughs> Squishy.
3: Yeah. Captain, the Reaver of Tides has guaranteed you safe passage across the Dreaming Sea. Follow her ship closely.
2: And you uh, you trust that this is not a trap?
3: I can guarantee it.
2: If you say so. And he, he, he makes another gesture and orders to the crew to get going and they start unfurling the sails and manning the oars. Uh, and the mist boat pulls away from being like sort of jammed up against your ship uh, and sails on ahead, creating this almost like tractor beam in (laughs) the waves that tugs the ship along. Because remember, it had also gone very still.
1: Right, 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 right.
3: I believe by my bargain, I I, I have to uh, accompany Tide Reaver on (laughs) on this ship. Sure. At the moment.
2: Okay. Uh, So who has Navigate? I have a dot of Navigate.
3: I have a dot of navigate. I think Vashti is the best navigator <laughs> yeah. among us. Vashti is I a navigator. Recall.
1: It's true. It's true. I have three dots
3: to navigate.
2: Uh, so Vash as Azure Crane goes to the other ship to sail across the sea faster than whatever the thing that lurks beneath is, uh, you, you see from peeking up from below deck, uh, your friend who is like, Hey, do I need to cast a spell or do you guys have it? I don't
1: know what kind of spells you can cast.
2: I mean, like, like, uh, the attack kind.
1: Oh well, if you can I, I mean, that, I only know one of those, fear.
2: but it's more than enough.
1: Oh, um.
2: It, it believes our. It looks like our enemies have. Uh,
0: I think
1: switched. we're okay. Okay, then I'm.
2: I think I'm gonna just go back down below deck. All right.
1: That's all right. <laughs> you do that what does does, like she have one spell and it's obsidian butterflies yeah more or less
2: uh her she was planning to come out and if you had still been in trouble to cast death of obsidian butterflies to save you yep 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 yep
1: nice (laughs) turn all Uh our enemies into a fine red mist
2: mist yep that was her was her ace up of sli- her sleeve that she was going to cast a spell and help you uh, but she didn't need to so she was going to go back down to hiding uh, the benefits of making a best friend right uh, That's however uh, vash this uh, thing that lurks beneath straight up sounds like a sea monster to you uh, and you being having the best navigate probably should be a person who keeps an eye on that that's what I'm doing uh, I'm so as, as we sail across here uh, make give me a navigate roll um, which you can stunt however you like, to describe how you're keeping a close eye on this and warning people in case there's danger.
1: Um, I think I will turn into some sort of hunting bird. Okay. Um, because that's the kind of thing that could keep an eye on things very well. Yeah. Um, Probably
3: okay. an osprey. Sure. Wow. They have specialized eyes for seeing through water.
1: Listen, listen to Thanks. the president of birds. Right, right, there we go i had nice. i had forgotten for a minute that Chaz, Chaz is is our, our, our bird man yeah um, <laughs> this is also Chaz's current twitter display name president of birds president yes. of birds okay yeah. so i Jeez. i turn into an osprey a spirit shape i definitely have acquired um living on a lake and everything and i perch on the bow of the ship or not the bow the back i don't know the trunk trunk of the ship ship. Uh, to keep an eye on the sea monster i'm looking at it okay cool take your stunt dice i don't know how an osprey sounds but i'm assuming i can make some sort of loud noise if uh that happens right Chaz?
3: yes they are shriller than you would think it's not like that that big hawk scream that that you hear in like all media that's a red-tailed hawk Uh, yeah nobody else sounds that vicious (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) But it's a it's a good noise, just like all yeah. big cats roar. Yeah. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. yeah. I got six successes.
2: Okay. Wow. All right. So uh, thanks to your keen vigilance, uh, at one point you notice what looks like an absolute enormous dorsal fin kind of crest a little bit. Uh, and then uh, an eye that is very nearly the size of your boat look at you. Uh, and you kind of have a moment of like predator to predator communication as you are a lunar and that is kind of part of your nature. And it goes, I don't know that I want any of that today. Possibly also bolstered by the fact that the, the eclipse also made a magical oath with a fair folk to keep you all safe. And as it sort of swims up near the boat, gazes at you, looks at the whole situation and then disappears back underwater. It doesn't bother you after that.
1: Suspicious osprey noises.
3: <laughs> Shall I? Put, here we go. Nice. <laughs> there we go.
0: There we go. I this is a character named Suspicious Osprey. Noises now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play a character who's who's just. Very credulous, like a person who questions everything. Right. Uh, and that's suspicious Osprey. <laughs> nice.
3: Oh
2: wait, cred- that's I'm using that word incorrectly. Credulous is a person who believes everything.
0: Incredulous, yeah.
2: Incredulous, yeah. You yeah. I I did mean credulous the first time. I mean someone who believes everything, like someone who's very gullible, who's just uh. like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, alcohol who's hundred percent a mark. Um and so me. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you're. Right. but they're they are suspicious Osprey because I love a character who has a sarcastic name. No, I don't yep, right. yep. Yeah. Uh so how do you imagine your safe passage into the harbor goes? Uh this is also another shady harbor, so they're probably not gonna freak out too much about the fact that you have a Fairfolk escort. Uh but but they aren't gonna be thrilled about it either. How does the group imagine that this takes place and how do you smooth over a little bit of tension that happens once you arrive?
1: I mean, are we getting towed to the harbor by a Fairfolk ship?
2: Yeah, so that yeah. that was the agreement. Yep. That, yeah, uh, so that
1: that looks real weird to
2: people. It to does answer. look real weird to people,
1: especially sure, because but... we were supposed to be like under the radar. <laughs> Wasn't
2: that you our are, mission? It was. You are still sailing to uh, a lesser-known port, right? Um, you took the path less traveled. That part's still happening. You're not gonna. Your cover is not blown because you made this agreement. It's just a little weird, uh, and people might respond poorly. So, how do you imagine that you arrive? And how do you deal with the fact that people might get a little uh, aggressive at the sight
0: of a Fair Folk ship arriving? I imagine the entire crew of extras on our ship mm-hmm. have just privately come to an unspoken agreement that we will never fucking talk about this ever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They fair, just okay. get off
0: the ship and start drinking immediately.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, okay.
3: Uh, I ask uh, the Captain Tideweaver uh, mm-hmm. to fly a pennant of peace okay basically marking the ship as as uh friendly or non-hostile that's, that's right. good yeah,
2: yeah 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 uh since you have already uh established sort of a working relationship and you say you you sealed because you sealed the oath uh she is more than willing to run up a uh, to, to put up the semaphore of like this is not a hostile ship
3: it's probably a blue flag <laughs> yeah, as probably. a symbol of peace and serenity
2: yes almost certainly nice. Yeah, would not probably would not be a white flag in creation. You're right. Flag <laughs> of
3: <laughs> like death. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, white has connotations with like earth. Yeah. And oh, okay. like stability. Uh, and blue has connotations with peace and serenity. So yes, it definitely would be a a blue flag. Nice. Um, the blue flag. And, peace. Yeah, and you do see that um, there were people who were like ready to open fire on the ship like with bows or to, to board uh and when you run up the blue flag they kind of walk away a little disappointed <laughs> <laughs> oh man
1: <laughs> we're gonna attack that big glowy fair folk ship <laughs> this pretty much
2: puts us right up where we need it to be do you want to play through sending um i completely forgot your your buddy's rippling name Rippling waters. rippling waters uh do we want my, to play through sending friend. your best friend Rippling Waters off? Did you want to say give say goodbye to Rippling Waters and give her a tearful hug and promise to write?
1: Uh, of course, we do all those things. I visit her all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh-huh. I and then I forget because we age very slowly. As exalts and I come back and she's like ninety seven years old. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hi, friend. Oh. Oh. oh.
0: Yeah. It's wrong.
1: It's like in It's like in what we do in the shadows with Iago and his girlfriend. He's like 95 years old. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I I think we can just say that we do that for the sake of this actual play. So we can get yeah. our thoughts. Sure. But yeah, yeah no, this was uh, a nice little short adventure to get somebody across the uh, Dreaming Sea.
2: I hope it demonstrated a bunch of the core systems. And I hope to help people have a better understanding of sort of the basic things we can do that you can do in essence. Um, essence has a lot of rules. <laughs> For being something that's pretty simple and straightforward to play, uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but it's like depth. Uh, w- you can you can make it more complicated. Yeah, because we didn't we didn't get into clashing. We nobody attempted to grapple. Uh, like nobody fucked around with the terrain, uh, right. and it has all those rules for when you want to do that, but right. they aren't necessary.
1: Oh, I also guess that we have a scene where we tearfully bid goodbye to Azra Crane, who's going to oh, sail yeah, the okay. Fairfoot oh,
2: yeah. for a while. Yeah, you should. I will turn the floor over to my players to to uh, put this little coda or epilogue on the end of the scene yeah. where uh, Azra Crane has to, um, you know, make good on her promise and then go there. sail the Dreaming Sea. There. Sorry, their their prom, promise. My bad. Uh, and make good on their promise to go sail the Dreaming Sea with their girlfriend. <laughs> <is fair> <laughs>
1: Crane, who's going to tell us what to do?
3: Use your wisdom. You are further from the Prasadi here and will not be hunted as openly. I am sure you can find allies among your kin uh, as well.
1: How will I find them?
3: Travel east. Uh, There are... uh, I have heard tales of the elders at Mount Namas, powerful members of the Moon Chosen.
1: Okay, what about our friend here? They point at steel.
3: Bring him with you. Oh. I will sail to Dreaming Sea uh, for a time as a pirate prince, and uh, perhaps our paths will cross again.
1: Being a pirate prince does sound very fun.
3: May your enemies be weak and your sword be strong. Thank you, my friend.
1: I just imagine that the final frame of this like arc of the anime is like, uh, you know, uh, Steel as the alchemical and Vashti in in sim sim simhada form, like walking over a hill, of, like mm-hmm. silhouetted against the like setting the sun, you know, like right. this very kind of like sl- slightly melancholic. But we're gonna start the next arc of the story now. Exactly, yeah, like <laughs> season two.
3: Um, and and I'm gonna add like one more touch to that final scene. Like we zoom across the terrain to show that this is very far away, but we see this massive mountain. Uh, like stretching up into the sky and and at the the top, there's like a patch of darkness in the sky Uh that uh, where you can see strange stars um, even, uh, even in the daylight.
1: Ooh, that, that must be where we are trying to go. It it is (laughs) in
3: fact, Mount Namas, a a mountain crowned with a shadow land.
2: Ooh, very, very cool.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, So, People who were enjoying this—if you played the game of pick us an opening theme—now you got to find us a nice melancholy closing theme. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. The the opening theme has to be really upbeat and full of energy, and the closing <laughs> theme has to like be real down tempo and.
1: I mean, much, much, much like Sailor Moon does every season. Yeah. Where they're like, Here, "Here's a super high energy opening theme, and then the closing theme. It's like this is very sweet." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna show them dancing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like... It's perfect. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Yep. So I, I want to ask Eddie first, actually, what were your impressions on this, since you are the person who is least familiar with essence, aside from your, you know, in Involved in watching the Kickstarter or streams or what have you, right?
0: Right. Um, it was awful. Never playing it. No. Um,
2: <laughs> surely the impression <laughs> I got from you, <laughs> obviously. That's why. Obviously, yeah. No. Um.
0: Uh, we, we talked a little about this uh, off mic, but um, my experience with playing Exalted uh, was really kind of two e, um, and I think it maps with a lot of people's early experience playing Exalted. Is it? Is a lot. And it's a lot to kind of keep track of, um, and there's lots of little kind of bespoke systems and charms that kind of interact with each other in interesting ways. And once you learn that depth, it can be compelling, but it can it's it's a it's a learning cliff. It's not even a, a learning curve. It's it just goes straight up. Uh, whereas with Essence, I was pretty easily, I pretty quickly grabbed onto the fact that there are core systems. That everything hangs off of, and once I got those core systems pretty quickly, yes, there's a lot of detail and systems that I didn't know going in, but I didn't feel like I needed to. It was enough for someone to kind of fill me in really quickly. Okay, this is how this works. This is how this connects together. Okay, right. cool, great, and I can move on. I didn't feel like I needed to know that going in. Like I read nothing starting this. I, I just kind of copied and pasted my core mechanics out in character creation that was pretty much it. I didn't really yeah read anything. So the fact that I came in pretty much without any, just, just vaguely remembered knowledge from about five, 10 years ago, uh, seem to work actually out really really well.
1: Yeah, I I know that when like for instance Matthew runs, they came from as a demo. He always mm-hmm. leaves out like two or three of the mechanics, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like Essence can do the same thing. Like there are some mechanics you don't need to introduce right away right. if you're running it for a new group, and then if you're running it for people who are more experienced with Exalted in general and want a slightly more complex system, or just for a long time group who's going to be doing it for a while, then you can add in all those things that as as Monica said that that, that we skipped earlier. Um, yeah, which is really really nice, being able to kind of pick and choose if you want to even deal with some of those.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I think the one thing that's really kind of key for Essence is that there have been other kind of fan creations to kind of do a, a simplified version of Exalted, like you know, is Exalted with Fade or Exalted with right. worlds or what have you. Um, but this actually feels like Exalted on a mechanical level um, enough that way. If you play this like it, and then want to move to third edition. There's going to be a lot of similarity there, and also there's enough connectivity that you can grab rules from each edition and put them in the other edition pretty easily. It seems,
3: mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: um, you can say oh, I really like the the rules for stunting in this, so I'm going to use it in third edition instead. Or it's like I, I feel like this needs more rigor, so we're actually going to pull this slightly more uh, depth uh, system of depth in from third edition and put it into essence and use that. Yeah. Uh, so th- there's much more of a connectivity, and this feels more like. I believe what the intention is is that it gets you ready for the bigger game if you want to move into it.
1: Yep. Yep. We also have a charm conversion guide for if you want to take any exalted charms and move them into essence, um, which is super useful because obviously we couldn't do like every single charm because that would have made the book way too big Um, (laughs) it would have have been like phone book
2: sized or like yeah Uh, Yeah, dsmv sized like
1: (laughs) yeah it like it like would have been actually the biggest book we ever put out instead of the intent which was to make a smaller version of exalted right um so yeah we have done a a conversion guide so as the other splots come out for third um and also as if, if people have like a specific lunar term that we just didn't port over they can kind of port it over themselves if they really want to yeah. Right. Uh, it's it's
2: also really important to understand that the Lunar's book charm section is literally twenty-four times bigger than yeah. the section they caught in essence. So if your favorite thing is not there, sorry. <laughs> but it's pretty easy to carry over. Yeah. Uh, I mean
1: I was I was very insistent on universal charms and having all ten splats. So we had to really pick and choose our charms. Uh but I, I think that made for a fun book in the end. Um and yeah, like please feel free to raid the you know, all the three E cores for other nifty things and all the companions and everything like we did we we don't have a lot of setting material in essence for that reason because Mm -hmm. like either you can use what we have in essence and just build out your own world much like people do with like DD a lot of times they just like make up their own world based on the kind of mechanics or you can pick up the 3e core or lunars or dragon blooded or the realm or what have you and use all that setting material of which there is just an absolute wealth of yeah
3: I know one of the things that I, I tried doing with the essence setting material since we're we're on the topic was <laughs> right making sure that I hit on a little bit of everything that people are talking about all the time. So right. there's not a ton of room to be like, here is all of the background of Exalted, but but right. you should at least mm. be able to be like, Okay, I, I've heard of that. I I know what that is. Mm-hmm. I, I have at least like the the elevator pitch version of of that, that place or that idea.
1: Right. Yeah, like like oh, here's Blessed Isle. This is Prasad. This is Nexus. Like, this like these are all the places that you kind of need to know a little bit about if you're gonna set a game there.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that worked really well again because just well how we did this, um, y'all were able to give me like kind of a quick like two sentence summary of stuff going on. And I was like, okay, cool. I, I get the basics. I can move move from there, and I think that actually helps, especially for for newer folks, uh, um, because. It, it can be intimidating, right? Like, uh, I mean, not only is third edition a big intimidating book, but also like a lot of longer established settings, a lot of material there. It's kind of similar to even like the World of Darkness. There's there's 25 years of history there, and that can be really intimidating. So being able to just say, you know, nope, it's a cool uh, anime-flavored setting. It, it's a fantasy world. Here's some cool things to do in it Go. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 there's there, there's enough there that you could say, okay, this is its own, a world with its own flavor and texture and interest, but you can still see enough commonalities of fantasy gaming that you can slot yourself in there if you've played D and D and go, okay, I know how pirate queens work, I know how you know, <laughs> yeah uh, bandit queens work, and you know, that kind of
1: stuff. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I I there was some very intentionality in its uh mechanical design to make. Uh, exalt advantages and anima effects feel a little like class and race features mm-hmm. without copying them. Like right. some people will get real offended if I'm like, no, no, it was kind of inspired by D D, but it, it was to make sort of a, it was to standardize them, not to lock people into right. like, not to lock people into a concept, but to present the, like, this type of thing behaves this way right, mm-hmm. and is good at this thing. Right. Like, and that's sort of what classes do. Yep. Right uh and it was set up in that way specifically to feel familiar to people because we want people who have been trying to who've been playing a lot of fifth edition who are new to the hobby who are really interested in other games to look for other fantasy games and then to kind of feel familiar with that right Mm. to to approach it and be like oh no i understand how this works that's my class feature right right And,
0: and i think that works because like um obviously with, with Exalted, you know, there's lots of, of of options in there, but even just looking at it from an outside perspective, if you take every exalt type, there's 10 of them, and then each of them have, what, three to five um, different mm-hmm. casts, that's mm-hmm. 30 to 50 playable options out of the gate. Each of those feel, well, at least the few I've looked at, th- distinct. Like, all three of us felt very distinctive characters, mm-hmm. but also you can kind of see pretty quickly, like, you know, I was like, okay, I looked at the Soul Stone, it's like, okay, they're they're Justice focused characters and they're like Judge Dredd and I look at the powers it's like oh yeah you know I scare yep. people and like and you know and it's like it, it all gave me powers that reinforce that core concept which is all you need to start mm-hmm. and like you said if you really want to get into the, the, the depth of, of the setting and the nuances of each of those portrayals and you can get the bigger books and import that stuff in if you want to but even right now you still have so many different playable options it makes sense that you want to get just that each of those core experiences across mechanically as, as quickly and as distinctly as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah, even even almost more than uh, classes. I was picturing all the casts and things as more like your paths for certain characters, like your or your you know schools of magic or what what mm-hmm. have you. If, if you want to go with D on it, right? Right. So like if you're playing, um, uh, you know, ranger, you can go animal master, like beast beast master, or you can go like sniper type character. You can go whatever. Like there's all the different ways you can go with it, and that's, that's kind of how I felt about this. It's like you're a lunar so you're a shapeshifter like that's just what you are like you're gonna be a shapeshifter that's that's kind of your bread and butter but then how you use that is what's important um to that character specifically uh, so yes you're a shapeshifter but do you shift into other people to imitate them and cause intrigue and problems or do you shift into great big bears and oxes and attack people, or do you shift into tiny little creatures that can eavesdrop on things? Like, right, you know, there's there's a lot of ways to do it, um, and that's that's really how I how I think about it. Um, when, when, when when we were first talking about this, yeah.
0: And honestly, for a game like this, where the goal is to strip a, a, a deep game into its nuances, there's a lot of value in playing to. Uh, tropes let's say i don't want to say stereotypes but you know um i want to do this thing let the rules let me do this thing and there, there's enough other stuff like how you stat your skills what kind of backgrounds you take and all that you, you can give your own depth and spin on it uh-huh. but yeah. um you know even me it's like okay I, I i want to play this this alchemical and i want a ranged character i was pretty quickly able to find enough things to call it together without feeling like i had no options like i actually had to I I've swapped some <laughs> charms. Like there's so many cool options. That I don't know which ones I want to take. So I never felt like I was limited. If anything, I felt like it helped me because I was like, I have a concept. Okay, cool. There's immediately things that obviously fit with that concept. And I feel like most people coming into this will, unless they have a very bespoke, you know, very idiosyncratic thing. It's like, okay, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. to could probably find things that do those things.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I will also say that exalted period. Is not a game that lends itself super well to one shot play.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: I mean, we I think we did great. I think we had yeah. a fun time. It was yeah, a, it was, it was still an like enjoyable a little adventure. shot on some level. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, like Exalted itself does not really. It's not intended and has never really been intended for one shot play. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can you can you just have to kind of prune it back and then decide what parts of it you are using for your one shot, um, right. and that's fine. But like if you are running a con game or you're just trying to run a demo for friends, I strongly recommend. Uh, not looking at it and thinking you have to eat that whole elephant (laughs) (laughs) but instead carving off the pieces that you want to use so it's fine to have a one shot that's just sort of maybe more dungeon crawly right? right like we're gonna we found this ancient tomb it belongs to one of the player characters we're gonna spelunk into it and deal with the traps and the things that are in there trying to keep us from getting our own equipment back from yeah. the previous life, right? In our,
1: in our early streams, if people want to go back on YouTube and watch them, that's that's a lot of the kind of things that we did. Like, one, we were at a party. One, we were oh, literally... The party
2: one was great.
1: <laughs> that one was fine. Uh, we also did the one where we did, like, go help some tomb priest people.
2: Yes. the uh, Helping the uh, funeral priests deal with the uh, super powerful asshole ghost who was yeah. uh, controlling their city. You want to, you, you want to like kind of prop up a hook like that. Like go beat up this guy, go to this place, solve the murder at a party, right? And it right. still, it still might spill over into another session because all it's big, uh, and. I think it really, really shines in campaign play, and especially extended campaign play, because then you kind then you get to use everything that's in there. Yeah. Uh, and the longer you go, even with new people, the more familiar they will get with playing the game, and then they'll want to roll out some of the more complex or textured stuff that the game has.
0: But right. I mean, you know, it makes sense. Like if if, if your starting point is. Uh, showed in anime or manga, then, you know, it's like, you, you want to have the, oh, you know, this is 500 chapters into the story kind of, of vibe and paying off things that happened in chapter 150, which paid off things in chapter 25. You know, the, you want that kind of deep dynastic play almost.
2: Yeah. I and see you thinking about saying something there, Jess.
3: Yeah, Exalted, yeah. kind of from the same angle, lends itself well to to big drama. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like we could have this fair folk captain come back 30 sessions from now after being jilted by Ezra Crane after a single voyage, for example, right. um, and, and have a vengeful pirate queen after us, um, or maybe an alliance uh, of, of uh, enemies between this vengeful pirate queen and the monk who was after us right. or something like that. So like, there's a lot of like, uh, let's see what happens because of the, the choices we've made that I think Exalted does really well.
0: No, I was I was to say become best friends with the mob princess, effectively. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But also, by that time, we're essence three or four, so we can we can stomp her a little easier. Right, <laughs> right. That's
0: yeah, true. That's true.
1: Or or we can just have her come with us and make Monica do a voice for the next you know next twenty eight sure. sessions. You're like, oh, we don't want to fight. You can hang out with us. Like, yeah, well, you're it's, cool. It's, it's fine. It's uh, fine. <laughs>
2: no, I I love that kind of stuff. Actually, I wouldn't have been like, it's it's this is fine. Like the the dog on fire. Uh, the um. <laughs> One of the things that I do really like about it, too, uh, is I've always called it a game really about the consequences of success, not the consequences of failure. Mm. Okay. Uh, because you even even with essences adjusted base difficulty, like the base difficulty in three is one, not three, um, and given the size of the pools, that's it's trivial. Uh, yeah. So we adjusted it to three so that characters fail sometimes. Right. Um, But not often, just sometimes. Uh, And most of the time, exalts can leverage enough oomph through dice adders, through success adders, through stunting, that they can get their pull up big enough that most of the time they're not going to fail. And so when you have a game where failure is infrequent, uh, one, you have to make sure that failures are never boring. And two, you have to understand that success and choices are the way you propel the story forward. So like what went wrong or what went too well when someone does something that blows away with 16 successes on um you know 10 dice right mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh and that's you don't want to punish someone for rolling well but you do want to give them more than they asked for right yeah uh, a little and, bit
3: sorcerer's apprentice
2: yes right like that that to me is the approach one takes when running exalted because the bell curve will do that to you right Mm -hmm. Uh, you will have instances where everybody is blowing the thing out of the water and the answer is not actually to adjust difficulty it's not to just suddenly make everything harder it's to give everyone more than they asked for Uh, when you are running exalted you always need to be throwing out enough rope for the players to hang themselves with constantly just just keep feeding that line out Uh, and the more you do that and then ask people like well you're all tangled up and rope now what are you going to do uh and then ask them how they're going to get untangled and then go from there right like
3: <laughs> what are you gonna say yeah yeah i, I mean i did this in uh, my solar game where they the solars freed this god that had been imprisoned um and then one of them was like okay we want to make this god our ally so i'm going to plant the <laughs> seeds for, for new worship for this god in nexus uh, and then they left nexus for a while and when they came back there's like this giant weird river cult that is (laughs) following this god that's getting out of hand that's amazing
2: yeah that and that's exactly what i'm talking about right like uh and um i also am against kind of against keeping really detailed notes i think you shouldn't prep too much um but i do think you should write down everyone who gets away right like the monk from earlier uh for just as a quick example from this game, right? So, like, if they spare someone uh, who who they didn't like, and they're allowed, they the player characters magnanimously allowed them to flee. You then have a ripe opportunity to either turn this guy into a recurring villain, uh, or this a rival. Uh, and rivals are super fun so you get this guy who shows back up and is like you beat my ass last time so i'm not going to let anybody else kill you nobody gets to kill you but right, me exactly. <laughs> 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 right so they have this sort of like anti-hero rival who's kind of on their side uh in the sense that like they want they want to be the person who beats your ass not anybody else yeah, very uh, and... very
1: prince prince zuko for the first uh, couple seasons
2: yeah, of avatar mm-hmm. exactly exactly uh and s- there's you got to pay attention to that, that those places to find that drama. Right. Uh, and all of those are propped up on player choice. Um, and I think it's really, really important when you were running exalted to lean on the powered by the apocalypse question of what do you do? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that our storyteller section addresses that directly. And I think it might, cause it's fantastic, but um that's very important to me that like you set up the scene and then you ask what do you do? You set up the scene, you ask what do you do? Because mm-hmm. you are propelling yourselves along on the big shit that your exult your exalts are doing. Right. right. Uh, mm-hmm. And they are, they are superheroes. They're larger than life. Demigod characters. They have improbable abilities. Uh, and when you're playing them, lean into that, be think big, think powerful. Don't think like a regular human. Cause you're not. Uh what does it mean to your character that you can you know hold your breath for 10 minutes and survive a lethal blow to the chest but no one else can and so what mm. bad decisions do you make because you are next to immortal right right, right. <laughs> uh or, you know, I'm just using super tough as an easy example here, but there are all sorts of other big exaggerated things that exalts do that you as the player are like, well, I have the ability to just talk and and the most powerful gods have to listen to me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what bad decisions will I make with the fact that I can command the attention of extremely powerful things? Uh, maybe attention that's going to get me in trouble and we're right back around to just throw in your players enough rope to hang themselves with. Right. <laughs> Which I mean, I mean, it makes sense because like, if you look at games like
0: D and is a pretty common example, but like, you know, the, a lot of those games are much more plot-driven games. Like, okay, we're going this is the adventure we prepared for you, and this is the things we're gonna go through, and maybe based on the party dynamics, they'll change how you approach it, and maybe they'll go off in slightly different directions. But generally speaking, um, it's not railroady per se, but just more there's a certain kind of rough direction everyone's going in, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what's needed. Whereas what you're describing is much more like, it's much more character-driven. It's the, here's a thing that happens, the characters interact with, okay, well, what next logical thing happens after that? Then you put that in front of them and they do more stuff and then you find the next logical thing to put in front of that and then you just can't keep going that way. So you just keep putting laying the tracks as the characters go, if you will.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have, in the past, I have said that um, exotic games are really fascinating, especially ones that go on long enough because you'll start as the GM you have more track laid, right? Like mm-hmm. sure. you have you have the path charted and there will be a point at which the players will wrest that from you and they're laying the track and you're going, okay, 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 okay. All right, right. all right. This is what, ha- okay, 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 right. This is what happens next. This is what you did last time. Okay, I'm respon- You You will stop being the person who makes things to react to and you will change course to react to the things that they're doing. Uh, and this, it takes a little while to get there. Uh, but it ha- it has happened to me in every single long term exalted campaign I have run, where I have realized that I am no longer as the GM, the person deciding where this goes. Nice. <laughs> I am only responding to what to the big choices, melodramatic choices, bad choices that everybody else is making, and it's really cool. It's like it's like nothing else. It's probably why I keep coming back to it.
3: Yeah, I love running games <laughs> when they get to that point.
2: Right, that's so. fun. I'm 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 glad. Thank cool. you
0: all for inviting me into this. I, I actually had a really good time, and I definitely learned a lot. I
1: don't think we invited you into this so much as decided that we were going to play as the podcast, <laughs> and then invited Chas and Monica. Well, I mean, we
0: disinvited Matthew, so I am obviously, some kind of invite.
1: <laughs> Disinvite Matthew. Matthew it was a timing issue. Get out. Get out. No, Matthew's Matthew. allowed. We 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 have done five people podcasts off and on, mostly for roundtables, and sometimes it gets unwieldy. So fair enough. That yeah. is the other reason there's
2: right. no matthew no i just there's just a label on the book that says no matthew's allowed it's true your name's matthew you're not allowed sorry Yeah,
1: sorry you,
2: yeah, you, you have can't have to play join the extra kickstarter tier in order to play if you're matthew yeah we didn't we didn't hit that stretch goal that allowed Matthews. so sorry sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. So it is uh before we wrap eddie huh? you seemed really impressed by the social resistance system yeah because um it
0: granted this is going to be moving into pure designer brain now i mean do so, it
2: that's why um, i asked
0: but uh a lot of social systems either fall into two traps which is the dice rolls take away agency for a brief period of time mm-hmm. um i i succeeded in my charisma roll, so you have to what i say right. or they're meaningless right which is the okay you should fall for this but if you don't want to that's okay mm-hmm. um I I felt like that was an interesting way to split the difference in the sense that, okay, you can choose not to do this, but there are going to be consequences Mm -hmm. and those consequences aren't punitive, but rather they're interesting. And uh, the hard bargain was one that I particularly liked because it allows you to take agency while still accepting loss. I, I frame this a lot like wrestling because that's where my brain always tends to go, but uh, in uh, professional wrestling, there's there's a concept called selling, right? Which is the mm-hmm. um, when you are losing, you have to lose in ways to make the other person look good because you can lose in ways to make the person look bad, or you can lose in ways to make the person look good, right? Uh, and it really felt like the hard bargain is a really great way of selling because it's like you know the, the 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 pirate the fake queen still won. She still won that social encounter. That that is not in doubt. But right. now here's an extra wrinkle that makes that interesting and, and a different way to spin that. Mm-hmm. Or it's the okay, well, I'm gonna say no, but then you're gonna get a lot more dice or, 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 or sorry, bonuses to, to, to hit you next time around. Right. Um, so it's like the, you know, I, uh, you gotta do this or make things harder. I mean, so it became a genuine choice rather mm-hmm. than just, um, no, nah, I don't wanna do that. Okay, cool. Then you get smacked down with a the stick. It, there, there, there was some actual genuine options there. And I, I found that really, really interesting.
2: Cool. Yeah, uh, you may also be excited to know that the the antagonist section says that if you are role playing a a, uh, a social threat, that you should lean on hard bargains more than on outright refusal, mm-hmm. uh, so that when people are when NPCs refuse, they always present a like, okay, well I'll do what you say, but right, uh, yeah, rather than just be like, no. And I flipped everyone off for our viewers yes. at home. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that, was... that is that, that that really brings the yes and yes but no but kind of thing that's into this this kind of role playing, which I feel like so many like folk like there are a lot of folks who know about it. There are a lot of folks who see it in various game supplements, but like really, that's at the heart of all improv to make it good. And yep. gaming is improv mm-hmm. with dice. Um, that make things occasionally not improvised because they tell you what happens but like not just at, like if you just outright refuse something which is a problem that a lot of folks have with some games where like if you roll and you don't succeed the answer is no yeah um whereas in essence the answer is you build power or you can do this thing or you can do that thing and in and, and story path games it's you know no but or you succeed anyway, but consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more interesting, in my opinion, for gaming in general, because like I have, I have played other games where it's like, okay, what is this really cool thing? I rolled a two. <laughs> I'm going to wait for everybody else to play for the next 10 minutes, and then I yep. might get to try to do my cool thing again, you know?
3: Yeah. The other thing that I really like about the social system, kind of taking a step back, is that... Um, not just when it succeeds, do you have these interesting choices, but it's also based on the things your char- you say your character cares about. So every character has their virtues and intimacies. And if my character had been opposed to that, like going and sailing with a pirate queen it is, is leans hard into, I want to lead a life of wealth and comfort. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so Azur Crane was very susceptible to that offer. Mm-hmm. Um which, which lined up with what I said about the character. Um, and if that had not lined up, it would have been a lot less likely to succeed because my nice, resolve yeah. would have been bolstered. Um, so uh, you can't just like rock up with a lot of charisma and say, do these things for me. That's but right. you, you have to understand what the other character cares about and craft an argument that speaks to what they care about um, to get them to do things. Uh, so that's a, a really neat part of it as well. Um, and then I guess kind of the final piece is um, unacceptable influence. If there's something that's, it, that your character is inherently object object to that um, is past just I don't want to, but my character would never, then you can reject it outright. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a bunch of of specifications for what... The system defines as unacceptable, um, like as by default, you can't force someone to harm themselves, for instance, right. uh, and you can't force someone to participate in something out of character that would be one of their uh, lines or veils. Right? right. So those are two things that the system itself says, nope, don't do this. Right. Uh, and then the rest are also defined by like your character and your morals, Uh which also helps people behave a little better at the table. Like, don't don't design right. around assholes, but do encourage good behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie, you may also be excited to know that there are a handful of effects that create exceptions to the hard bargain and refusal rule, uh, including a, a Gatimian effect where if someone refuses you, you make the hard bargain instead. Oh, nice! <laughs> where if someone goes, no, I'm hard bargaining. The Gatimian goes, yeah, but I control the bargain. Uh, oh. <laughs> and there's there's a there's another one. Um, I think it's the one of the Zenith Anima effects where if someone outright refuses you, you get the dice.
0: Oh. <laughs> <jammies>. <laughs> Nope, I know.
2: <laughs> yep, nope.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's, uh, that's that's why I like flow like blood so much as a <laughs> as a defense charm for Lunars is because like if I successfully defend, I get their fucking power. That you
2: get their power. Yep. <laughs> so
1: like I'm like I'm like you know like I think of it as a uh, this is totally not how it works, but in my brain it works like the Black Panther suit where it's like <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. you 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 hit me and I just absorb it. I'm just like thanks, thanks buddy. Now I can hit you harder. Um... Yeah, no, it is. It, it's a lot of fun.
0: But the other thing I, I dig about this is, um, again, going back to to kind of anime tropes, is is the idea that you talking shit to someone or flirting with someone in combat makes mechanical sense mm-hmm. because the the worst case scenario for you if you make a dice roll is you're going to get some more dice for something you probably want to do anyway. Right. (laughs) And you might actually talk somebody out of attacking you, but if they don't, it's a cool, cool, but I still get some extra dice anyways. I I don't lose out by at least giving it a try, which I think is really where Exalted ultimately works well Mm -hmm. is when the system is saying, yeah, why not give it a shot, see what happens. Um, and that's really where I think over the years, Exalted's always done a pretty good job of, of trying to make that a realistic possibility.
1: Yeah. I would say that like, we, we, we just had our Cavaliers of Mars, uh, you know spotlight mm-hmm. and honestly that's what like exalted is the most like that as far as feel in my opinion or like fair. it can be swashbuckling or intrigue or combat or adventure and yeah like it is the kind of game where you might swing from a chandelier and you know th- like point point your rapier at at, at at the bad guy and have a brief conversation before you go into a duel um mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like there's, there's a lot of that built into the, the setting and, and, and the themes of the game in general. Like, do, you, do you have to play it that way? No. But like, you definitely can, and it's encouraged, to do things like, like Chaz did, to like, you know, stop in the middle of a duel and have a like tense moment with, with somebody <laughs> who, you, who you then run away with. It's like, okay, that's a very dramatically appropriate thing to do, even if it's, it feels a little silly to the real world. Right, right. Yeah. It's it's very normal and exalted, and also very <laughs> normal in a game like Cavaliers of Mars. So yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, I think I think they're both games kind of defined by melodrama. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, and definitely. like and both their systems support playing melodramatic games where a fight ends because, uh, you know, a fae pirate princess convinces this demigod diplomat to run away with her. You know, uh, yeah, and and sail the high sea, the high magic seas together, right? Right. (laughs) Uh, And like, is is that realistic? Is it gritty? No, is it melodramatic and cool and like driven by plot and emotion? Yes, that's what that's what you got to focus on. Absolutely,
1: definitely awesome. Well, this has been really fun. I thank you so much for running this for us, Monica and Chaz. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure.
3: Yeah. So this is actually the longest I have ever played Exalted. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I have run oh. hundreds of hours of Exalted. This is the most that I've played an Exalted character for. Wow.
1: We wow. need to get Chaz. Okay, so all of you listening, we need to get Chaz into more games. Yes. Uh, Chaz gets To actually <laughs> play the game, which is the problem that all of us face—that we don't get to play the games we work on. Yeah. Um, well,
0: O P P is coming up soon, so. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. But like, there, there is still quite a few games of ours that I absolutely love that I've never actually played. Uh, so hopefully I can get into some games with those too because there's like I'm like, I'm like oh my I, god I, I love this game I can wax poetic about it for hours on the path cast. I've never actually rolled a die in it uh, <laughs> but I like it a lot Indeed. in theory uh, just because that's that's our curse and also sometimes as we talked about before on the podcast with, with with Matthew and Eddie like sometimes you don't want to play your games to relax
0: yeah. Right.
1: sometimes yeah. you want to play other people's games to relax because you don't have any like investment in them in the same way mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so that is also one of the problems is it's like sometimes i'm like oh like i have dD groups because i don't always need to be playing like changeling the lost when i want to chill you know like
3: <laughs>
1: um yeah so y-
2: yeah and it can be if if you've spent all day being like, I tried to rebalance this thing and I got it close and I guess it's good enough. And then someone at your table is like, it doesn't work. And you're just like, God, I'm so tired of looking at this. Yes. Uh, yeah. They're like, that's that at least for me is sometimes why I'm like, no, I just want to play through the breach. I just want to play Malifaux. I just want to play Pugmire. I want to play a game that I didn't write on. Right.
1: Because uh,
2: mm-hmm. I'm so tired of other people telling me it's
1: not working. Yes. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so like you just you just want to play these games that you're like detached from you're like yeah i didn't i i had nothing to do with this, this i want
2: to complain about how it's not working
1: right <laughs> thank you uh with that said we're getting close to time uh it's not, not a two-hour episode luckily it is a little bit shorter one for folks at home uh so chat people wanted to find you follow you talk to you about exalted invite you to their exalted game where you get to play for many sessions <laughs> uh where would they do that
3: you can find me on Twitter as @StorytoldChaz, where I tweet about all the projects that I'm working on, all of the RPG stuff I'm reading, all of the podcasts that I'm involved in, which is many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can uh, from there you can get to, to all of the stuff that I've worked on and mentioned in in other episodes. Uh, you can also find me on the Exalted Fancord, though I I don't keep up with it, so like i said at me responsibly if, if you want me to, to get involved in your conversation um, and i'll i'll come around and see what you have to say um uh, yeah I, I, I like i said everything's kind of on my twitter if you want to find anything else
1: i love the idea of like use use your ads responsibly like, don't, <laughs> don't over at people like that's just that's just life in general we we try to do that too in the like announcements channel and the onyx path discord we're like I try to keep the at everyone's to a minimum where it's like at everyone big sale at everyone new Kickstarter at everyone right. Kickstarter almost over. Bye. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Monica, or you will find you follow you and at you responsibly.
2: Yeah. Don't at me responsibly. Uh, just don't at me. Don't at <laughs> me. Don't at me respons- at yeah. Don't at me irresponsibly or responsibly. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Xena sun where I retweet art and my news and, info and then i also sometimes talk about game design um and you can also listen to me talk about game design game running and game writing on my podcast bonus experience uh and if you want to follow that that is at bonus EXPCast on twitter or bxpcast.com uh part of the misdirected mark network Ooh. uh <laughs> Ooh. Ding. Ooh. D- thank you chess <laughs> Uh, you can also hear Chaz and I on the systematic understanding of everything, uh, a complete Exalted explainer, uh, though I think we will probably be getting the gang back together for some exigence episodes.
3: Indeed. Yay. Indeed. Coming yep. soon.
2: Coming soon.
1: Yep. Coming soon. Uh,
2: yep. And you can find that at exaltcast.com.
1: And Eddie?
0: Um, I was about to... Hymptonic's podcast, and I realized that would be very that silly one? to do. They're, listen
2: they're, to this podcast; you're already listening to,
0: right? you to this podcast. You all understood
1: the assignment already. Good right.
0: job. Um, so then, uh, other than that, you can find me on Twitter at Pugsteady, P-U-G-S-T-A-D-Y. That's mostly my kind of talking about uh, things that I'm getting involved with on a day to day basis. Uh, Kind of similar to Monica, actually, um, if you're also interested in game design, Danielle uh, Lazon and I have been doing a bi-weekly Twitch stream called Lunch and Crunch every Tuesday.
1: It's fun. Um, I've been watching it and eating my lunch.
0: Yes, it's been a good also remind it gives you a chance to eat your lunch, which is something that sometimes we're not always great at. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you can find all my stuff at uh, pugsteady.com, which is my website. You can see me on the OmicsPath Discord, where you can at me responsibly, but not irresponsibly, because I will block you. Um, and <laughs> I have no shame. I have no problem doing it. Uh, and otherwise, uh, come out to the uh, Honest Path Channel and uh, let us know what your thoughts about this actual play. It's been a while since we've done an actual play on the podcast, so I'm curious to see what people think about it now, as opposed to the last time we did it—the Trudy one or our Scion one. So,
1: yeah, yeah, we we do these fairly sparingly, but they are fun when we get to do them. Indeed. Uh, you can find me both places at Dixie Cyanide. Uh, you can at me responsibly. I mostly get ats on the Discord when someone's causing trouble because I am, <laughs> I am the main band. Moderators. Guy. Those are yeah. good, good
3: eyebrows there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Excellent for our, our audio medium. Um, but yeah, so you can find me both places at Diffie Second Eye, That's Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. Um, I am on the fan cord running around. And yeah, exigent soon. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with that said you can find us at the onyxpath.com the onyxpath on most social media and as always many worlds